What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. I am Money, comma, L-P-M-F-T. Ooh. Yes. Letters. Can you explain what that <laughs> means for people who may not know? It means that I have my limited license to practice marriage and family therapy in New York State. That is so exciting. I know, especially because I've been fighting the state for a whole year. Yeah. A whole year to recognize my education. Even though, That's like, and I bet the listeners are like, we just get the snippets yeah. on the mental moment. Imagine what this bitch is doing in a full-fledged session. Yeah. Changing hearts. Changing I lives. I try. Wow. Who am I? <laughs> well, I'm Nikita, and I'm a sidekick. A sidekick? A sidekick. A sidekick. To money. That is not true. With the L, what is the LP? <laughs> MFT. L-P-M-F-T. That is not true. You're not my sidekick. I'm kidding. I'm just I'm just feeling You're my co-conspirator. You know what? I'm I'm Nikita and this week I am I'm Money's a- emphatic cheerleader. Thank you. You that didn't sound genuine, but I'm- whatever. <laughs> it's it's okay to receive a compliment, you know. Thanks, friend. But you are your own Batman. You are not a sidekick. Okay, I was kidding. Thank you. I know. Right. I know. I'm the star of this show. Of the show being my <laughs> proverb, my life. <laughs> Drop the motherfucking intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sis, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration, and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. You love. Why did you write money in Nikita in the notes? Like there's somebody, like there's something else. Cause I then write the description. Do you even look at the show notes? I do, but I've just Whatever. never seen this before. I was like, Money and Nikita. I'm like, of course. I'm here. You're here. Well, sometimes Every, people don't everyone know Everyone okay? is present and accounted for. Sometimes people don't know. <laughs> everyone is here, Money. What if this is their first episode? Okay. And they're You're like, right. who are these two bull daggers? Okay. <laughs> I should check the show notes. Fair, fair enough. Let I'll, me click the description box. All right. Well, just in case you didn't know, that's Money and I'm Nikita. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, if you want to tell them how they can contribute to this here program, Nikita. But before they contribute, don't they need to know where they can find us? Well, they they already found us. They they don't know other places they can okay. find us. Okay, okay, go ahead. You can find us on. Wait, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to follow us on the social meds, that means social media for you young, for you less hip <laughs> oh, listeners. <God. laughs> 
you can find us um, on Instagram at Queer Rock Pod. And um, should I, do we give our, we don't normally give our individual Twitter handles, do we? No, but I always include them in the description. They do. I know. I see that. That's why I got confused. You can find us, yeah, Queer Rock Pod on Instagram and at that same inst- um, <laughs> handle. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> A little bit like, out of practice there. Oh, shut, shut, shut your mouth. You can also find us at that same handle on Twitter. And like I always say, maybe you have something a little more private, something that, you know, that that cannot be fully captured in however limited amount of characters Twitter provides. You can send us an email to our inbox, which is QueerRockPod at gmail.com. Or you can message us where it all started at QueerRock.com, the Tumblr. The Tumblr. And wherever you're listening or following, oh, oh my God, Facebook. Yeah, nobody uses that shit anymore. Yeah, I, not even you. I yeah, not even a, me. Facebook, you can find us Queer Walk, colon, the podcast. Um, wherever you're listening, wherever you're talking about the show on social media, always be sure to use the hashtag Queer W-O-C. Yes. Now, do you want to tell them? Sure. So, Nikita already talked about- Where they about- can contribute. I wasn't finished. <laughs> You take these dramatic pauses like you Fraser Crane. How I'm supposed to know. All right. So Nikita already said that you can use the hashtag QueerWOC. That is the non-monetary way you can contribute to the podcast. It helps folks find us. It um, helps us in like search engines and all that stuff. So just throw a hashtag when you're um, listening to the podcast and posting it about the podcast. You can always also use the hashtag pod in that Barry from Podcasts in Color created for when you're like live listening to podcasts. So, you know, keep us in the community with other podcasts. You've been practicing podcasters of color. this segment? I have not. Oh. The, the second way you can contribute to this program is monetarily. Nikita and I, although we love doing this, love it. It is not our. It is not a, um, a means of sustaining ourselves financially. Yes. So, if you would like to help us continue to do this podcast, help us with the coin so that we can cover the cost of the podcast. Yes. Uh, you could do that one of two ways. One is a PayPal donation. You could drop us off a donation at paypal.me slash queerwoc. And that is a one-time, you know, just want to come through and do 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 little tip off in the bucket. Or you can be a sustainer of, sustainer of the program and make a monthly donation. No amount is too great or too small. And you can become a patron at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. Just hearing your LPMFT voice oh my God. makes me want to <laughs> donate all my money to the podcast right now. I'm starting to sound like a scammer. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> Have I leveled up? Level yeah. up. Mm, level up. Mm, mm, mm. Never. Oh, you don't know that, huh? That sounds yeah. like... You, I thought you were hip. That I sounds like hip those, that Quavo gentleman. <laughs> it, is, it is not Quavo. What is that? Migos? It, it is not. It is Sierra. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. I saw people posting about this. Hey, I have a question for you. Speaking of hip, new... Well, it's hip to me. Who is Vince Staples? Vince Staples is a rapper. And what song does he have? Um, Something, something. The the one that I like the most is I ain't never ran from nothing but the police. 
Northside no. Long Beach. Northside Long Beach. He's got another one. I was listening to it in the car today. I felt very hip today. <laughs> listening to all these new school jams. I like the staples. He's one of the good ones. Because he even uh, said something about, like, why are we still listening and playing R. Kelly's music? He's oh, like, we know he's that's all. That's <laughs> all I fucking needed to know right there. <laughs> he's a good dude. Throw R. Kelly under the whatever. All right. So you want to move it on along to Queer Walk of the Week, Nikita? Yep. All right. So you want to do it or you want me to do it? You do it. Okay. So Queer Walk of the Week this week is Dr. Angela Bowen, Ashe. Because she's no longer with us. She she just passed? Yeah, she like just passed. Like two weeks ago. So you forwarded me the story about her. And first I want to say thank you, friend. Because I I love hearing like stories about black queer women who did it before I was like even born and thought of. It just always makes me feel like I was meant to be because they were, you know? Like so We are I am because they are. Yeah. So, Dr. Bowen, which I should just say, Dr. Bowen is like a bad bitch name because every <laughs> every yeah. woman I know named Dr. Bowen is a bad bitch. Oh, shit. Just saying. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> but Dr. Angela Bowen, um, and so I guess I'll start with a quote from her and then go into a little bit about her life and why we made her Queer Walk of the Week. So, um, this quote that I pulled out that I really like from her is, I'm a black lesbian feminist writer activist. I see all of those as equal functions. I feel as though I've got a mission to be out front. God damn. I know. And she was tall too, so shout out to the tall girls. I was reading about her and like how she had like this growth spurt when she was like 12. I, rem- I remember seeing that, And yeah. so she would like always walk hunched over. Mm. And my little sister still does that. And so I'm just like, oh, shout out to the tall girls. Um, who shrank themselves to fit into this basic-ass world. Okay, so a little bit about Dr. Angela Bowen. So, um, like we said, she recently passed. She passed um, July 12th in Long Beach, California. But um, she was really instrumental in, like, uh, shaping, like, a lot of dancers' careers. And she also started dancing, like, pretty late in her life. Because, you know, dancers be starting at, like, two years old. Right. She started dancing when she was 14, which reminded me of, what's her name, Misty Copeland, who was like... Oh, um, the ballet dancer. Yeah. The black ballet about, dancer. Yeah. And so I'm like, see, black girls, it's because we already have the music and the rhythm within us. So, you know, we could just, 30 years old, be like, I think I want to be Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's my goal. Out. I know. <laughs> Okay, so Dr. Bowen um, ran the Bowen Peters School of Dance in New Haven uh, from 1963 to 1982. Um, And most of her students were black or came from low-income households. So these are kids that nobody was really interested in, like, trying to teach how to dance. How to dance, right. Yeah. And so one of her students talked about her as being someone who... um, who taught them that they were beautiful and worthy. And this student went on to uh, become a, a su- superior court judge in Connecticut. So, like, you could just tell the amount of, like, motivation that mm-hmm. she put into her students. Um, it reminds me of Miss Diana from Bring It. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm picturing, but, like, a 1960s version. <laughs> yeah, so in the 1980s, she divorced her husband and came out as a lesbian. And then all, all after that, after coming out, Became, like, a really vocal, like, black lesbian activist. Mm -hmm. She uh, taught at Cal State Long Beach. Um, She taught women and gender studies, uh, sexuality, and English. 
Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I didn't so one of her you just mentioned uh one of her students. Mm-hmm. So one of her students was Lashans. And if any if so a lot of you, I bet ninety nine percent of the queer walk listeners are like, Who the fuck is Lashans? <laughs> Lashans was in the Broadway um the Broadway what do you call it? Production, production. of the mm-hmm. color purple. Oh wow. So like this is you know, yeah, she's like she a consummate yeah, yeah, performer. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's really fantastic. Um, I guess so she's got um so she um herself I think something that stood out to me when I was reading about her was that they danced and performed anywhere. Like it didn't have to be these like, you know, really fancy, elaborate right. um dance stages. Like they were performing on like rickety wooden stages um, they would do like opening numbers anywhere um all of her performances were always had like a a political message or like a, a african um proud of your roots theme um and and that was like part of her her activism was like through dance and being outspoken about being proud about being black and lesbian and so like this this point about you know about her being black and, you know, not just being a lesbian, but also, like she said, like, I'm all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in this article, uh, they mentioned this one incident in 89 where there was, uh, like, a Boston health clinic was, um, so it would mainly serve uh, gay and lesbian um, clients. And so, at this benefit, two comedians, white comedians, told um, racist jokes. And so, Dr. Bowen, along with others, they walked out mm-hmm. of that benefit mm-hmm. after... Um, after those comedians told those yeah. racist jokes. So um, that feels important just because, yeah. I mean, it's just a principled thing yeah, to do. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I feel like that's always something that we're, like, you know, we're talking about within, like, the broader, um, or specifically, I was like, queer people of color, like, the racism within, like, the queer community. Mm-hmm. So it's like, she just, you know. Yeah. Her and others were just like, no, like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, just fucking walked out. Yeah. Like, that had to be. I mean, that had to be, like, a really huge thing to do, like, at that time. Because I'm sure yeah. people are like, you all are divisive. Right, right. They're only jokes. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, no, right? And it's like, I think that goes back to the earlier quote that you pulled out. So it's like, you know, I am I have to live out, you know. All like, of I'm these gonna, things. I'm yeah. all of these things, but it's like, I'm also just going to be out in yeah. front. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I feel like one of the things is like, one of the things for me that I get when someone says, like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, like, be... I think I was just talking about you in therapy the other day. Where I was like, yeah, I feel like you're, like, a role model for me. Where you just, like, this is who I am and I'm not going to, like, accept anything less. And I think that's what, like, them walking out was like, I'm not going to subject mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for a good cause, I'm not going right. to subject myself right. to this bullshit. Right. Um, just another thing that I think is just, just so, like, just so black... So just cosmically black feminist. She did her dissertation, of course, on Audre Lorde. And I'm just, and the thing, and what is so interesting to me about that is like, up until like this flew across my timeline, I had never heard of Angela Bowen. Yeah. And it's like, she was like a luminary in her own right. Right. So I'm just Mm -hmm. glad that, oh, excuse me. I'm just glad that we're able to like talk about her. And like, I learned, like, I didn't know who she was, and I'm just glad that we're able to share this with the rest of the queer rock community. Yeah, it makes me happy too. It, it reminds me of how much we are in um, relation to our like black feminist heroes because, like, something that I admire so much about Alexis Pauline Gums, Dr. Alexis Pauline Gums, the high and priestess now, of queer rock. And now, um, you know, Dr. Angela Bowen is that we write 
ourselves. We like we um, amplify each other's names. And right, so by right. her her writing a dissertation on Audre Lorde, you know, it's like this scholarly work in women's yeah. gender studies that like now you can't refuse Audre Lorde as well as Angela Bowen, right. you know? And that's just something that I think black queer women continue to do. I think it's something we do through this podcast Definitely. and highlighting folks Definitely. as queer walks of the week. Um, so, yeah. Super. Just the last thing is like, how and old she, was she? She was eighty two, oh, which also just, feels good. Just, right? Oh my! I was just about to say, it just yeah. feels like so many of like, I mean, that was one of like the beautiful. I mean, talk, as we're just talking about like black lesbians, that was yeah. what was so amazing about being able to sit down and talk with Barbara Smith because yeah. it's like so many mm-hmm. of our um, black, black queer, black lesbian, but but quite honestly, so many of our like black, like luminaries or ancestors yeah. seem to be ripped away from us yeah. so, so so prematurely yeah. so the f- fact that she lived to be like 82 was like yeah. that is with a boo 82 with a boo she was married too that's so. is that that's we're gonna do that when we turn 82 that's what the <laughs> we're gonna do that podcast 82 with a boo <laughs> yeah so Ashe Dr. Ashe. Angela Bowen mm-hmm. presenting <laughs> Your coughs should just be our transition sounds. Way to be ableist. <laughs> it's not ableist. It is. <laughs> Nikita. Oh. What are we? Community we're, contributors? We're, yeah. Okay. So. Fell asleep? No, I was just. Well, you really cracking the whip today, ain't you? <laughs> um, so, as Money said uh, just a little bit ago. There are different ways that people can contribute to this uh, podcast. And like she said, you know, you can do financial or like monetary donations. Or you can also, you know, you contribute to the community by leaving us uh, ratings and reviews specifically on um, iTunes. But also the things that you share with us, the things that you mm-hmm. contribute mm-hmm. to this community. That's what makes you a community contributor. So we want to want to give a shout out. Uh, thank you so much. To Yantra, Alyssa, and Aaron for uh, becoming new patrons. And think, just listen to how wonderful their names are. Yantra, Alyssa, and Aaron. Don't you want to be like Yantra, <laughs> Alyssa, and Aaron and become a new patron of this here program? I think I do. I think you do. So pause this program right now. Pause it. Head over to patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. Um, thank you. Uh, we mentioned earlier, you know, anytime you're listening, use the hashtag queerwoc. And we were just like to give strong strong thanks and appreciation to Rochelle's edits for always using the hashtag yeah. just always, always con- yeah. contributing and just being very vibrant and um visible and vocal uh, uh with the hashtag everybody know you listen thank you so much yes <laughs> i i really really appreciate that um thank you so much uh to Susan for that uh, generous donation for the PayPal. Shout out. That's Bay's mama. Oh, my gosh. So that's real exciting. <laughs> I don't think you can put that in there. That's a little unfair. What? It's too exciting. That's Bay's mama. I'm just happy that my my Bay's middle-aged white mother is listening <laughs> and supporting the podcast. I, too. I mean, she's, that. you know, that's not our demographic, but that's... <laughs> I'm glad that she's supporting. What you mean? Queer Walk is uh, specific, not exclusive. Ooh. <laughs> we should put that in parentheses. <laughs> no, but thank you so much. <coughs> okay. Uh, shout out also to Hazel. Hazel just sent a really sweet 
and ridiculous email <laughs> that we really appreciate. Thanks so much. And we got some new reviews. So I just want to say. No, don't steal this thunder from me. I'm no. Gonna, I'm going to take it from you. I just want to say thank you, everyone, who has been hitting the stars or the hearts or the thumbs up and giving us reviews. Because now. No, you're not going to do this. I'm going to do it. Okay, go ahead. Like Money just said, thank you all so much for the reviews and for the ratings. And you know we've been had this goal of 100. Yes. Not only did we meet it, but we exceeded it by just a bit. But it, we exceeded it, nonetheless. Right now, as of today, when we're recording, we have 106 ratings and reviews on <sighs> Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I really feel like the show is livened because of my sound effects. On this I don't episode. know about that. But the <laughs> point remains, we could not... That's, that's all, y'all. That's that's all, all, that yeah. is all community. Mm-hmm. Money and I... We're, we're both of us are neurotic, but we're not neurotic and ridiculous enough to create 106 different <laughs> accounts. That's, that's all y'all. So yeah. we really appreciate that. Um, and the messages are always so uplifting and just so, pro, just, just so beautiful, so moving. Yeah. And I just, it's and really one of my favorite parts. That 106 reviews is actually really statistically sound of our listener base. And so I would just like to thank y'all for also being constant. Constant. Because statistics show that about 10% of people who engage in any activity, like, actually do something. So, like, 10% of people... She's saying that because she used to be the stats person in her... What was that? I don't know what period of your life. I don't know either. But But all I'm saying... She's a statistician at heart. Is that when we look at the numbers of people who listen, we're like, hmm, where y'all at? And y'all was like, right here, right here. here. So thank you. (laughs) We are here. Y'all are here. And we are all here. We are all here together. Right. Estamos aquí. Oh, so it's only presente if they are past. And it's estamos aquí if we here. No. Oh, this this is such an embarrassing story. So what is it? What is we here? That's not presente? Oh, yeah, present. Right. But I was just saying, estamos aquí. Like, that like literally... Translates to we are here. Not that I'm, you know, whatever. You know, I only spent, what, almost three years working with. Right. That's okay. What, I mean, not that I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm by no means. You part of your literal translation and colloquial translation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to read the first review? Are you done? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, I don't even just, it's so hard to figure out where they even begin. All right, so the first. No, I'm ready. I'm just, I was making, I was saying I had to scroll a little bit. Comes from Kiara Simone. That's not even right. All love, double hearts. It is right there. You should read it. I just started listening to this podcast and it is amazing. I'm a young black girl and love seeing black queer women thrive. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kiara. And it's five stars. Oh, are you done? I am. Great. Okay, the next one is from L on Earth. <laughs> I get it. I don't. L on Earth? Hell on Earth? Oh, is that really what that is? Okay, neither here nor there. But anyway. supposed to be the punny one, okay. Okay. L on Earth says, hey, money, and Nikita. Also, five-star review. Um, I cannot express how much I love listening to y'all. 
The energy between you and the conversations you have uplift, crack me up, and warms my heart. A much-needed bomb. I'm a queer woman who, although we're older than you both, learns from and appreciates you. From money's mental moments to Nikita's freestyling. Radical badasses. Also, I shimmy my shoulders and sing your intro song every time. Keep it up. I love how everybody got expressive shoulders now. It's like the way you recognize listeners in public. With your expressive shoulders. There's a lot of things that they've got the air lady, huzzah, the expressive shoulders. I think It's a really lively um, communication uh, strategies for uh, the queer art community. All right. You want to read the next one? Sure. The next review comes from Nami from SoundCloud. I love this podcast. I found it a year ago and have been in love ever since. It says every, but I, I was just in the spirit of Earl Lady. <laughs> it has got me through times and helped me unpack my own biases. It has also opened my eyes to the struggles of LGBTQ folks through around, wait, folks go through around the world. As two black queer feminists, you two inspire me to be better and push for more knowledge. Money is hilarious. Nikita is very much about that organizer life. Hope to hear more from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nami from SoundCloud. Risha Von Diva says, my favorite podcast. Risha, do you love me? Are you I think Risha is loving us and writing and right beside us. Okay. Because I need you. Are you done? Okay. We don't even fuck with him on this podcast. I know. Anyway, Risha Von Diva. Absolutely love y'all's podcast. I'm a black queer woman, so it is so refreshing to have a podcast to listen to with such on-point and relatable content. As a social worker in training and someone who struggles with my own mental health issues, I really find the mental moments with money, as well as Nikita's discussions on politics and theory, super helpful and informative. And y'all are hilarious. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you, Risha. We are going to do our damnedest to try, Risha. (laughs) And last, but you're going to get to read the last one. That's so great. I get to, yeah. It's from Yoshi Valen. Mm-hmm. Is that Yoshi Valen? I think so. Or maybe Yoshi V. Allen. I don't know. Oh, Yoshi V. Allen is what it is. Keep it so, keeping it so very real. I went searching for you 10 years ago. Where the hell were you? I was graduating high school. Queer one. <laughs> I'm really young, huh? Yeah. I can't help how old I am. Queer walks were nowhere to be found among pods, but today you two are shining bright among the pod stars. You are so very real, breaking down history and his oppression. Having it flowing from your lips is gayer? gayer? In a geyser. Oh, in a geyser? Geyser? Gush uh, of girl alliteration. Oh my gosh. Whoa. That was even more alliteration than my tongue yeah. could handle. I'm gleefully gli- giggling, glistening to you. Glistening? Don't ever stop. Oh, that's what they say. Gl- wow, this is a... Wow. <laughs> Yoshi has stumped even our allit- alliteration level. I nasty. love alliteration. I couldn't get it out. I'm gleefully giggling, glistening to you. Don't, Don't ever, ever stop. stop. Thank you so much. Won't stop. Got that extender. Wow. I guess podcasts are like that new, huh? Like the past 10 years. Huh. That's exciting. 
It is. Well, thank you, our alliterative listener, for that. I can't even. I I can't can't follow that. Yeah, it was too much. It was good. So thank y'all again for those reviews. I like how everybody is naming their identities in the reviews. You know, just in case you want to click on they, uh, they iTunes account and like send them a message. Can you do that on iTunes? I don't know, but why are you suggesting that? <laughs> that is actually does not seem appropriate. Why not? What are you trying to send people messages for in the iTunes? I'm not trying to send messages, but if someone is trying to find community, oh, I see, or have a new curved chronicle, that seems or- a little weird. <laughs> To, this is I don't I think I'm gonna I mean I don't know how Apple products work but I'm you not can't gonna ma- second this advice you for can't money. click on somebody's name if they leave a review and like ah oh well yeah this is, this just is okay reviews. let's just not do that I just think that you should be able to click on well, somebody's you can, name you can reply yes you should be able to reply can we reply okay well, oh report anyway I just think that should be an option. But who well, am I? I don't use Apple products. Okay, well. Uh, I think the verdict is still out on that idea. <laughs> Everybody me. out there with Apple is like, no! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, again, a holistic thank you to everybody who makes the community contributors segment possible. Keep it coming, y'all. Yeah. All righty. That's my shoulders. What was that? <laughs> it's not like gears. Um, <laughs> I'm getting old. All right, now we are moving it right along to the greatest segment of all, which is the mental moment with money. Thanks. And I'm just, y'all, come on now. Y'all know. You laid it down last time. They... Yeah. They really fucked with that. Yep, they did. What? You're such a hater. I'm not hating. I'm just like, you laid it down last time, and now this is what you give us this week. It's okay. I, it's I'll, okay. I put all my eggs in one basket. It's okay. <laughs> we still love you. All right, y'all. I guess it sort of fits with my energy of this mental moment as well, um, because it's just really quick and to the point. Um, so I wanted to continue on my challenging worry and anxiety wave because it feels like those are the ones that y'all are like, yes. And I understand because how if you live in this world undisturbed or your nerves don't get out of control, I have no idea what is wrong with you, my friend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as we a lot of us do struggle with anxiety or deal with like worry, I thought I would just continue on that wave and give y'all another tip as to something you can do to challenge that shit. So, my mental moment this week is Skullcap. Pray tell, what is Skullcap? <laughs> yes, pray tell. The category is <laughs> getting rid of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Skullcap, also known as Skulletaria, is a genus of North American flowering plants wow. in the mint family. You really went on a science nerd here. Let's go. Keep going. <laughs> Um, so yeah, skullcap is a herb, y'all, and, um, it's, like, commonly used for a lot of stuff. Okay, so first I should say, there's two different major, um, like, strands of skullcap. One is the North American flowering plant, the one I'm talking about. The other is the Chinese skullcap. 
I don't know a lot about that one. From what I do know, it's used more like topical than it is for what I'm going to be talking about. So I'm talking about Skullcap that is indigenous to North America. Um, and so if you pretty much any of the Skullcap you buy here is going to be the one I'm talking about. It should have a little bit of a minty smell to it. Because it's in the mint family. kind of It kind of smells a little bit like licorice and mint had a baby. Mm. There we go. Uh, so some of the common uses for Skullcap um, is used to help um, ease the symptoms of insomnia, anxiety, paralysis caused by a stroke, fevers, high cholesterol, epilepsy, um, tension, muscle tension, allergies, skin infections, inflammation, and other kinds of bodily spasms. So the way it works is that it soothes the things that cause inflammation. Um, I'm pretty sure inflammation happens when like a bunch of blood rushes to a place. Um, and so that it skull cap basically like eases that process. And it's also uh, been used in large quantities to like induce sleep or knock somebody out. Right. So you can you can see how like making a tea out of something that's used to like knock somebody out can relax you. Um, and so I guess I should also give like that warning from what I've seen. So I got the raw herb y'all and it looks like, where are you picking this up at? Great. I got mine from, um, like a coffee shop. Okay. So they had all different types of like coffee that you can get ground at the store. And it was like a, a coffee shop slash herb spot. So in your neighborhoods, I would say any kind of like natural stores with loose herbs should have oh, it. Okay. Um, any place that you could buy, like, thyme and stuff like that, like, by the pound. Not okay. by the pound, but, like, by Bulk. the ounce. Yeah. Should have it. Yeah. And so, so if you're just making tea out of it, you don't have to worry about um, taking enough to, like, knock you out for days. Because I was worried about that when one of our friends told us about Skullcap that I was going to, like, use too much. But I've been making tea with it for a while now. I promise you I'm fine. What I've actually been doing is mixing it with chamomile. It gives you a very nice, like, chill. I about to say, that sounds, that sounds like yeah, a vibe. It is. It is. If I um, partook in marijuana, I would say it is similar to that euphoric feeling. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a vibe. Skullcap and chamomile. That sounds like a rap song. <laughs> What skull cap and chamomile? Uh-huh. You know the way people used to that. That's the that's gonna be like, that's like the black hipster, black earthy femme, like lean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so instead of singing about like promethazine in my cup, you right. gonna be singing about skull cap in my cup. Chamomile <laughs> in my cup. <laughs> that's gonna be a hit. <laughs> I put that chamomile in that skull cap. I'm screwed up. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and so I'll put a link in the description box to where you can read more about, um, like, why you should use um, skull cap to help um, reduce, like, symptoms of anxiety. I'll tell you from my own personal use of skull cap, it helps me a lot because I'm somebody whose anxiety um, presents physically. So what that means is like, you ever felt like you just can't be in your yes. skin? Like, I just need to get out of my skin. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I like that's one way that anxiety impacts me. Another way is like, I feel like I need to be doing something with my hands or like grinding your teeth or fidgeting. 
any of those, those are like physical ways that anxiety uh, manifests, right? So it really helps with those things because Skullcap relaxes your central nervous system, giving you that euphoric feeling. Um. So is this like a... So is this like, okay, I'm feeling like anxious and nervous. I'm going to have a cup. Mm-hmm. Or is it like... It was like the melatonin thing where you have to be having it like routinely before. No. So the first time I ever had Skullcap, I put, um, so, all right, I'll just tell y'all my whole thing. All right. So, um, I don't have my own tea bags where I can make it. And I, like I said, I bought it from a store that like sells it in bulk. So I have like a half pound of Skullcap, some shit like that. I don't know. Ounces to pounds, whatever. But, um, I took a quarter of a cup of Skullcap and a quarter of a cup of chamomile and I mixed it together and put it in a coffee filter with like a rubber band on it and just put it in some hot water. Let it steep. Just like tea. But I did this at night. So I'm like, hmm, I'm ready to wind down. I had just got home from work. I was like, had a shit day. Let me like try to relax. And I did that. And it was great. <laughs> like, it was a really hard hitting tea, I should say. And it doesn't really have a strong flavor, if anybody's wondering that or curious about that. It kind of just tastes like a um like a plain chai tea or like a black tea. It doesn't it doesn't have a strong taste either way. So um I don't know if that's what you nope. were asking. Yeah, but that works. Yeah. It didn't have to build up in my system that's to what work I'm, or yeah, anything. That's, no. That's what I'm asking. Just the the first time I was like, ooh. I'm a believer. Skullcap got me. Money. This sounds like a scam. Does Skullcap really work? Oh my work? gosh. Why did you set that up so cheesy? So, you don't just have to take my word for it. Hey, Navar Burton. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I'm going to post a link for Skullcap. But, there was actually a study done in which they had a group of moder- of people who are struggling with moderate anxiety... So I I think this is I wouldn't the make biggest that cut. Group. I don't think so, friend. But I do think that this is the biggest group of people who seek help for it. Okay. I think people who have extreme anxiety are usually like stuck and frozen in it. Yeah. Until we could get it in someplace moderate, they don't seek help. And you know, people who don't experience anxiety at all aren't right. seeking help for it. Help. Okay. So the largest group, right? So they so they split people who are dealing with anxiety on a moderate level into three groups. One group was a placebo group, and for those of you, um. Sciencey, medically nerdies out there. Placebo basically means they give you a fake thing mm-hmm. that you think is like a, a medical treatment. Right. The second group got given, got given, got gave. Got, that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> they, gave, they gave the second group. Y'all yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, anxiety medication, low dose anxiety meds. Um, and the third group was given skull cap. And. They found that the second and third group, so that is the group that took anxiety medication and the skullcap group, both had statistically significant changes, decreases in their reported experience of anxiety. So I say that because um, I didn't want to leave this out because I um, like to find woo-woo ways to deal with, like mental health that aren't as harsh on our bodies as like antidepressants, antipsychotics, um, anti-anxiety medications. Cause sometimes those can be, those can be really harsh on us. They can be really expensive. 
you know, and so I like to find things that have like similar impacts and that uh, are just as helpful. So, you know, skull cap, $17, anti-anxiety medication, $96. I'm just saying. Well, let's, uh, until we get uh, universal health care for all. <laughs> right. So, yeah, skull cap. So, yeah, I've been using it for like a month now, I would say. Well, I gave Nikita some a few weeks ago, but I'm sure she didn't drink it. It's probably still in the floorboards of her car. It's actually in my refrigerator. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I gave that to you literally weeks ago. You I can't do everything, okay? You've moved since I gave it and to I you. And I made sure to move the skull cap. <laughs> I asked you, before I did this as my mental moment, I was like, Nikita, I need you to try it too. Because I feel like her anxiety and my anxiety, two totally different anxieties. Are so, they? yeah. Oh. You yeah. said it in a judgmental way. <laughs> no, or I'm you th- not. Oh, bitch, you think your anxiety is better than mine? No. I, I, well, actually, yes. I think yours is more severe, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. Sometimes you're just like, <laughs> like, like, okay. If it helps Nikita, you don't know I'll me. do it as a mental moment. Okay. But she never drank it. And I'll, I need it to I'll do drink, it. I'll drink it and report back. And I know y'all really like the niacin and the vitamins, so tell me how you like... <laughs> the, the mental moment's got to have a mixtape. <laughs> so tell me how you like the skull cap and chamomile. Like I'm, I, like I said, I do it half and half because I was worried about that whole it putting you to sleep thing, but it has not put me to sleep. It's just really made me feel chill. Skull no, it's, it's skull cap in my cup. Skull cap <laughs> in my cup. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, it puts you in a real, like... You know, listen to some her or like LMA vibe. I'm not. I'm not gonna sing any LMA because you threatened me earlier. Yeah, I sure air. did. All right, y'all. Why so I hope y'all go out there. Stop it! <laughs> we don't have clearance for music on this. <laughs> Bitch, if they started cutting, if, if the whole thing would. The whole program would go. <laughs> there would be nothing left but the intro. But the intro and like. Laughter and curved chronicles. <laughs> All right, y'all. So again, I'll have the link to more information about Skull Cap in the description. And y'all tell me if y'all go out and get some Skull Cap, tag me in your Skull Cap pictures. And you know, you know, I'm a firm believer that there's a T for everything. I was so sick this week, and I've been like bringing myself back to life with tea and oil. All right, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna promise. I promise before the next. Episode. I'm a. I'll re, I'll do a little report back. See what it did for me. Sure. <laughs> Moving on along. Ding 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 ding. Oh my god. And now our weekly word from our womanist worker Nikita. Ding 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 ding. I just see somebody and like. I just see like those ugly colors from the seventies, like an orange, a brown, a yellow. You know, they just. So we just started August, and so I thought it would be what better word to do at the beginning of August than Black August. And so you're probably wondering what is Black what is Black August? I really don't know, so I'm about to <coughs> learn something today. All right, so. Black August is, to say that it's, it doesn't feel appropriate to say that it's a holiday. But what it is, is like, it's it's a time and a commemoration 
specifically for black political prisoners. Hmm. Right? And so it started in 1979. So that's like that was like the first time that Black August was observed. Mm-hmm. We'll use that. And so all throughout the month of August, the whole point of Black August is for people, specifically black people, to study, like, not only our history, like, in, you know, North America, but throughout, you know... Throughout um, the diaspora? Yeah, throughout, throughout the diaspora, but it's specifically a time that the, like, again, black political prisoners said that it was a, it's an important time to study our history and the, specifically the history of, like, the black liberation struggle as a whole. Um, so it's not just about trying to go back and trying to understand what was happening, but it's also about what does it mean to chart a way forward to actually for like black people um, to be free. And so there's a lot of there was this really oh my god it was so good the Malcolm X grassroots movement um, they've continued the tradition. So because they've continued um, the tradition, they have this really good um, primer on their website about all about like the history of Black August and like how people continue to observe it. But I looked on it like a few days ago and then I went back to like look at it today and um, it's not there. So I'm sure that the, C- the CIA or the FBI <laughs> excuse me, like scrubbed it from the website. But anyway, so like I said, it's about, you know, it's formed around, you know, commemorating uh it was started by political prisoners, but specifically uh, political prisoners like that were in the California um, prison system. And so it was to honor uh, freedom fighters like George Jackson, um, Jonathan Jackson, who was George Jackson's brother, um, William Christmas, James McLean, and Katari Galden. So for folks who don't know, um, on August 21st, 1971, George Jackson uh, was assassinated by prison guards um, in a rebellion, uh, in a black prison rebellion at, at San Quentin. So again, August 21st, 1971. And so that, so the, that was one of, this is what, this is why, and I'm going to go through some of the other key dates that they talk about, about why August seemed like a really prime time mm-hmm. um, to, you know, commemorate and honor like black freedom fighters, like like George Jackson um, and like the five others um, who were um, in the California penal system um, during this rebellion. So somebody else who I had never, so I think a lot of us have heard about um, George Jackson, but somebody else that they mentioned is um, this person, Ruchel McGee. Um, So Jonathan Jackson, again, George Jackson's brother, uh, he was also killed. Um, August 7th, 1970, so the year prior, because he was trying to liberate uh, black three black liberation fighters. So, And that's James McLean, William Christmas, and Rochelle McGee. Ro- Rochelle McGee is, out of all those six people, he's the only one. Um, this, and this article that I'm reading is like 10 years ago. So and by in 2010, he was the only one that was still alive. But Rochelle McGee was the co-defendant um, of Angela Davis. So, because, you know, back in the 70s, you know, they tried to throw her in prison um, as well. And so, Rochelle was in, um, not just been in prison, 
for 38 years, but most of that time was spent in solitary confinement. And we know how barbaric, yeah. vile, and just totally inhumane <clears throat> um, solitary confinement is. Um, and so it's like, again, what John, Jonathan Jackson killed August 7, 1970. George Jackson killed August 21st, 1971. And then um, they talk about some other like key moments in like black liberation history. So like the first um, enslaved Africans were brought to Jamestown, August 1619. Um, in 1843, um, there's, uh, I think, an enslaved person, Henry Highland Garnett, called a general slave strike in, uh, on August 22nd. I've never fucking heard of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Underground Railroad started August 2nd, 1850. Um, the March on Washington occurred in August Second uh, in August of 1963, and so again, there's so much rich black liberation history in August. In August so mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's a black ass August, yeah. right? So the name uh, really fits. Wow. And and again, I'm, just and so just a few days from now, it will be August 8th, and we know that that's when the horrific uh, move bombing happened in Philadelphia, mm. where uh, the Philadelphia police literally dropped a bomb in a fucking yeah. neighborhood yeah. on um, a black. You know, it was basically a black political family. They were mm-hmm. part of uh, like the New Africa movement. Um, and if you've never heard of Move Philadelphia, really look them there's up. There's that document. There was a, a really good documentary. A, docu- a documentary called um, "Let the Fire Burn." I yeah, think it was. yeah, yeah. Because they did not put the fire out; they let it burn. So right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm trying again. That article from the Malcolm X Grassroots Movement is so good. But, because it really lays out, like, concretely, like, the specific history. But it was, it, so the first Black August was commemorated in 1979. Um, and so, so it was, so it was mainly happening, being celebrated and commemorated by uh, political prisoners in the late 70s. But later on, um, as time went on, so other um, groups like Black slash New African Revolutionaries and uh, the New African Independence Movement and, you know, I guess now, like the like the like a contemporary organization, um, like the Malcolm X grassroots movement, like continued um, to like commemorate um, this holiday. And there was something that I guess I just wanted to say is that as I was like thinking about this and preparing for this, because it's like you see these names, they like do like anytime you hear a lot of these things, you think Matt Turner was in August too. Where do you see that at? What date? Uh, it says August thirtieth. Damn. Damn. Like. You see, it's just a black ass August. I feel like August should be the national black month of <laughs> shit popping off. The, like. the, the national pop off. <laughs> Fucking Watts Rebellion, August 1965. God. Bust a motherfucking move. <laughs> That's the name of this month. Oh my God. That is uh that is so wild. Um but um, wow. Something that James Baldwin's birthday is today. James Baldwin's birthday is today. Yeah. God damn. But um, this just feels important because uh, I just don't think that this is not a thing that I think that is always on our radar in a way that it probably um, should be. It's just talking about. Um, so, we, I mean, we often talk about like mass incarceration and we talk about how like the kind of the ballooning of like the carceral system or like the prison mm-hmm. industrial complex, you know, people talk about how it's just about, you know, money or like, you know, the other analysis that like that was the crisis. So like the, like the kind of like the political and economic crises of the seventies, this was the state's 
this was the ruling class's response. But it's like you're not going to provide people with like social support, social welfare, full employment, that kind of thing. So instead of instead of addressing those issues that, like, again, we just mentioned, you know, like the Watts Rebellion. So a lot of these explosions that happened in the 60s and the 70s, like when people are saying, you know, you know, think. And, and again, here, like the March on Washington is like called for like jobs, jobs, housing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. the state didn't provide that instead of providing like those that provided prison prison mm-hmm. um but also something i think that often gets left out of that conversation and why um talking about political prisoners is so important is because like you know there's also others like other like radical analysis that say that like mass incarceration was also it was meant like it was like a way to like jail the movement Mm-hmm. Right, it's like mm-hmm. it's just not a coincidence that, that there are so like Mumia Abu Jamal, yeah, still incarcerated, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it just made me think of um, like Ale versus Ice, like that was a few episodes we made, yes, Ale, like, yes, of the yes. Week. And it's, um, I think since I mean very recently we've seen like undocumented activists, particularly like undocumented queer activists, like targeted, right? For, exactly, yeah. And it's it, for no other reason than they, like, dare to be out front. Right. Like, yeah, Dr. Angela. Right. So dare to be um, out front. And it's like it's also just not a coincidence because something that I wanted to... Um, I mean, I don't want to get too much in the weeds around this. Um, but, like, I think sometimes, like, there's, like, a, there's an important distinction to be made between like the kind of conservative pork chop what they used to call pork chop nationalism that what now people call like hotep Mm -hmm. that versus like revolutionary nationalism Mm -hmm. so like you know when you think about the strand of like you know again george jackson like asada shakur mamiya abu jamal so it's like it's not a coincidence that it was like those people that were targeted people who had like they like didn't, a radical anti-capitalist. Right. They didn't lock up the whole tips. They lock, right, right, because their <laughs> because their message is actually conservative. Right, right, right. Like yeah. I mean, a lot of people. There's a lot of vitriol yeah. spewed at like Louis Farrakhan, mm-hmm. but like he's not, nobody's trying to like lock, you know, right. Farrakhan right. up or or what's that? What's that other? Oh my God, what's that coon's name? Umar. Fucking Umar. <laughs> I mean, just totally conservative. Right. Yeah. It has a it has like a radical veneer, but at the end of the day, it's not. Yeah. But again, whereas like. Amumia Abu Jamal yeah. or um, Daruba bin Wahad, like I mean, he was incarcerated. Um, he was a political prisoner. and He's out now, but like these are like I'm even thinking about like Steve Biko, right? Like yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? And so it's like people who had like uh, like specifically like anti capitalist, anti white supremacist, mm-hmm. um, like a fully like you know radical like anti sexist you know analysis. It's like those were the people that were targeted. The people who were saying that there's something fundamentally and utterly wrong with the like the foundation um of our society and it's like and we know that we live in a thoroughly like white supremacist racist society so it's not a coincidence that it's going to be like black specifically black radicals mm-hmm. that are going to be the most like viciously targeted um by the state and i think and again i just feel like it's a thing that's just not i mean i think we know we kind of like romanticize or i think the thing is like we'll get like nostalgic for the 70s but mm-hmm. we don't but we don't often like take into account or remember that a lot of those people are actually still like in prison, right? right? And so I just think that that is like Dang. a really um, that's been like a whole lifetime in prison. Yeah, like more than thirty years. Like yeah, four years exactly. Um, so I think that that just I mean we're in August and there's a again there's a lot of badass shit popping off. So how could we celebrate 
Black August. I mean, well, they said that. It's we should about... call it Black AF August. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I'm also going to post this article from The Guardian that just came out like a few days ago where it says 19 black radicals who are still in prison after four decades. So again, we mentioned oh Mumia Abu-Jamal, um, Eddie Goodman, who was also with the MOVE um, organization, um, others from the MOVE ca- organization. Yeah, like everybody with the Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Sentenced to 30 Matulu years Matulu Sh- Shakur, who was with the Black Panther Party, as was Deruba Ben-Rahab, but he's out. Um, and so, yeah, we'll post uh, Sundiata Akoli. We're going to post this link in here. This I feel like this is like a concrete way. So if we're talking about... Look, Bowen, again. As I'm telling Joseph, you. Something about these Bowens. It's something about them. Something about these Bowens. Lord... Lord knows, but so we'll post this, and I'm gonna post the link to that Malcolm X grassroots movement. Um, Maybe it'll come. Back. Hope, hopefully, by the time like the episode airs, um, it'll be up, and you can just get a fuller. Extent. It'll probably be up September first. Just <laughs> <laughs> ain't that ain't that how them niggas do? Right. That, that's exactly what the fucking government. Here you go, niggers. You said you looked at it a couple days ago. It was just a couple days ago. That was July. All oh, right, they're like July thirty, July thirty, at August first, twelve oh one a.m. They were like, bad. <laughs> Those niggas are not gonna. Them, if this is one thing that can stop them from even entertaining their freedom, we'll take it from them. Um, so I think, but going back to your question, I just feel like. Maybe that could be a, a fun little thing that um, we can do. Just some like just studying up on like black radical history. That that feels like really important um, and concrete. There's some pod, some like podcasts. Jared Ball has done some interviews with some people around um, Black August. So I'm gonna listen to those. And if they're and if they're all right, I mean, I, Jared Ball usually has really good content. Then that would be like a thing to share because I'm because mm-hmm. he's talking with people who are like actively. Who are part of like black liberation, like like the black liberation struggles um, of like prior decades. So hearing from them mm-hmm. or people, or they know people who were like intimately like committed or like intimately involved in those struggles. Mm-hmm. So like I think that that would be a thing to just find out more about um, this kind of history. So going back to the history, and then I'm I'm going to challenge our listeners to find a black. A black organization, specifically one that organizes, right? So if, if it is social support, that's fine. If it is advocacy, that's fine. But specifically try to find a black radical organization um, in your... Okay, here we go. We'll do this. A black radical organization in your area, in your region, because, I mean, maybe somebody's in Idaho was like, I don't know what's up in here. <laughs> and somebody from Idaho was like, actually, there's blah, 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 blah. There's a million. But anyway... Mm-hmm. So try to find a black radical political organization and um, try to find some group. There's still some groups. I don't think there are many, but there's like a handful of groups that still do work with like political prisoners and find out how you can support them. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are like concrete things that we can do. So find out more uh, black radical history. We'll try to share some throughout the month of August. Well, I'm just going to make it my mission to find out more black as fuck facts about August. Yeah, apparently. I feel like I'm going to go out here like, did you know August was black as fuck? (laughs) Well, let me tell you how. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Nikita. You taught me something. I do what I can. 
All right, all right, all right, all right. So we have a topic. Oh, what is the topic? So um, it's Miss Pickle on Twitter. What a cute handle. I, I didn't get it, but then I got it. Because I thought it was like, it's Miss Pickle. And I was like, oh what is happening gosh. here? But then I slowed down and saw that yeah. it said it's Miss Pickle. So, hey, girl. Uh, <laughs> so she submitted a topic. She actually submitted a bunch. So we got, you they know, were we all, got, yeah. They were you all know, really good. You know, it was dry last week. We were like, well. Um, so thank you for helping us out. <laughs> um, so this one is the first one I wanted to do. I thought it was cute and fun. Yeah. And Nikita specifically requested cute and fun. So the topic is. What has your glow up from baby gay to now been? How has your style shifted and what has changed? Ooh. Um, The gay glow up. Um, So before we started recording, we were talking about our MySpace pages. Oh my God. That was embarrassing. I think it's definitely been a gay glow up since those days. Yeah. Yeah. I I, will. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm just, there's like this one. This one picture I remember, like I had on like a backwards like baseball cap, just looking so like a baby butch. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even think I was like, I don't even think I was being honest with myself yeah. about whether I was out or not back then. But I'll go back and see those pictures, and I'm like, there was really no, yeah. <laughs> there was really no hiding there. Yeah, I w- it was funny because around that time, so. Junior high, beginning of high school, I was like really into boys that look like lesbians. <laughs> so like Lil Fizz was my crush for the life. That's one. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Wow. Cause he had those twists and yeah. I was like, hmm, there's something here. And <laughs> so I had like Lil Fizz all over everything. <laughs> and I also dressed like him, I should play. Wow. And so this is so funny because like I I've had this conversation with Bravo about if if you crushed on boys when you were younger or if you wanted to be them. Uh-huh. And I feel like I definitely wanted to be Little Fizz, but the way that like, you know, the social script for that is right. oh you like him. Right. So I'm like, okay. Right. And I did I remember doing that specifically for boys who look like Wow. Like all that time. So on my MySpace page, I had a specific picture of me <laughs> wearing a Perry Ellis hoodie. Wow. <laughs> it was like my dad's. So it was like a 3X. It was so big on me. Super huge. And these like really baggy jeans with like some white uptowns on. And I just looked like anybody's gay auntie like wow and i used to get my hair braided with the straight bags but they were long so i would always throw them over one shoulder you know i just wow my number one friend on my myspace page was remy ma (laughs) i would like defend her to i was like a troll on myspace for anybody who had anything bad to say about remy ma Wow. I feel like I should have known a lot earlier that I was queer. But how old were you at this? Uh, this was like ninth grade. So, so like 13, like 14? 14, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm that is I'm thinking about that 
train wreck you just described <laughs> versus who I'm sitting next to right now. That is quite a good I'm trying up. to think, like, when did when did my style change from, from like, really oversized, like, boys' clothes? Uh-huh. Looking like the rejected member of B2K. I look like a chubby B2K member all through, probably all through high school. I wore uniform to high school in New York, but then when I moved to Alabama, we didn't have uniforms, so pretty much chubby B2K member. Um, I think my style started to change really in college. Like it wasn't until college, yeah, until, yeah. Because um, I, I'm, I distinctly remember when I like when I decided that I was going to join my sorority. Like one of the current members was like, "Oh, she not going to join my sorority. She look like a dyke," mm. you know. And so I was like, "Ha ha, that that is indeed <laughs> what I look like." And I thought I was hiding it so well. Um, and I think that was also it. Like I think it wasn't until college that I was like, "Oh, like." There's an actual identity for the attraction that I have, right. kind of. You know, like, when it all starts to make sense. Right. That wasn't until college for me, like, my first year and my sophomore year of undergrad. And so, I started to feel like I needed to, like, hide it. Like, that it wasn't okay or something. And so, I started to change my style. And then I started dressing also very gay. Super bright. I think I still have a album on Facebook called Skittles and Juice. You showed me that once before. I, I vividly remember that. It was my style. There was this song. I can't remember who it was by, but it was called Skittles and Juice. Pretty sure she was gay. Uh, my whole room was rainbow. It was queer. It was so queer. Wow. It's like every different iteration of myself that I tried to put out to the world was just gay. You just couldn't and be anything it, else. I just couldn't. I just couldn't be anything else. It's like, oh, I'm going to switch it up from the Perry Ellis black and white hoodie to a, a rainbow printed, like, really tight shirt with a green belt. It was just weird. Wow. Um, so, yes. I, I would like to say I think my personal style has come a long way. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I've settled in to my bad bitchness. You're, you're, like, easily the stylish person that we know, but in Syracuse, that doesn't. It doesn't mean much, but in... I'm I mean, like a Syracuse 7 and like a Toronto 4. <laughs> no. You're like a Syracuse like 15 and the scale only goes to 5. I mean, please. <laughs> You're a total like fas- fashionista here. I'm a fashionista here, but I think in other places it's just like, meh. I don't even think it's meh. I think you just look like, like a, a young, hip person. <laughs> Like you, I look like a whippersnapper. <laughs> you, you don't stand out in other places, I'm sure. Yeah, because everybody, else, everybody is dressing, else is dressing. Yeah, just is like interesting, fun. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Whereas here is like the rest of your drab, yeah, sad group. Me, Seth, and Ahmad have had conversations about this. Yeah, it's like, and you are in the, Syracuse. We look like aliens, but yeah. in other places, they're like, "Oh, hey, girl, you're right." Yeah. Or like, "Oh, that's cute, girl." Yeah. Um, okay, so what about your... I went through my fashion style, so give us a, a timeline of Nikita's fashion. Well, just three weeks ago, I threw away some cargo pants, so <laughs> I, I'm still glowing. Oh, my god! Still trying to I'm glow up. I'm so glad yeah. <laughs> that you got rid of those. Did you see the gift? 
<laughs> the gift that I sent you? <laughs> I saw it and I promptly ignored it. Um, <laughs> Nikita said she was having a funeral for her cargo shorts. I, I <laughs> so I sent a gift to her. A G-I-F, not a G-I-F-T. <laughs> of people... <laughs> Dancing at a funeral. <laughs> I didn't say I was having a funeral. I just said people. I just wanted prayers and thoughts during this really difficult time. And, and I said, I re- okay. I realized that they do nothing for me. Nothing. They don't do anything for anybody. <laughs> they make your butt look like pancakes. I just, I, I'm. They make done. your shorts, your your legs look like Vienna sauce. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> But again, that was just three weeks ago. So I'm still a whip, meaning a work in progress. Um, so style-wise. I think you have two. Go ahead. No, tell me. I think you have like two modes currently. Or what are they? You have hide your, hide your wife because Nikita's coming. It's uh-huh. like Uncle Nick. Yeah. Like, very dapper. Yeah. Mixing prints. Yeah. Oh, she has these red pants. Every time she pull out the red pants, you just better lock your bitch up. Just, the yeah, I'm, coming. I, I can't disagree. No, actually, it's going to be your boo that will be coming, okay? <laughs> and then you have... <laughs> you try to keep... No, I, then I have what? Yeah, so you either you either look like you step straight off of somebody's cap line or... You stepped straight out of somebody's factory. <laughs> no in between. Those are my. I'm wearing my work clothes. I'm not just like, like it's like usually I have literally just come from work. Okay. I'm not wearing high visibility <laughs> shirts like in my spare time. You like know? those those bright orange and bright yellow shirts in my spare time. I don't walk around town in those. Okay. I don't. You do have really nice joggers. Yeah. Your joggers right now. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I was always, so for a long time, I was very sporty. Hmm. Actually, that's not, that's actually, um, putting it too nicely. I was just, I just looked drab. I wore a lot of raggedy t-shirts <laughs> and basketball shorts and flip-flops. That was, that was like my oh. uniform. I lived in Texas. That's not sporty. Right. It was, it's was just bad. Yeah. Um, sporty is like every now and then though still cute I like a good sporty dyke anyway oh my god <laughs> and yes you you totally do um, yeah Adidas the flip flops don't have to be flip flops oh. you, you know those um, I know what you're talking about those joggers with three stripes that just make everybody ass look oh my god every, yeah everybody <laughs> should own those nobody has ever looked bad in those um so, yeah, I just used to wear a lot of basketball shorts and T-shirts. But every now and then, so I know I look bad because anytime I even threw together a half-decent outfit, <laughs> the whole school was shut down. This is like me, like high school. This is one really cute outfit that I had. It was so cute. And I feel like this was like me trying to like play with gender. So it was like, it was like, it was like these black slacks. It was like a kind of like a very fitted black button down. Mm-hmm. I used to wear this pink tie with it. It was so cute. I don't know how. My, like I think I've said this on other shows, but my mom like this is like clothing. Clothing was a thing that we fight. Like we used to like argue about the most. And 
I guess. I mean, I think it was is like, you know, my mom is very much, you know, she's like a very like feminine person. Mm-hmm. But now in retrospect, I mean, I think it was the gender thing. But I also think she was like, bitch, you look bad. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you just look like, I remember she used to be like, you look like nobody loves you. <laughs> That's what she used to say. And I think, I, so I mean, I, I don't want to like, like minimize. It wasn't just the gender piece. But it was, it was, it was yeah. I think it was just a black, like, bitch, you could just go in my house looking like that. <laughs> I used to just look, I used to look so busted. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, yeah. But then, um. I, there's all these ways that I realized I would I would like try to like get away with things like or in gender. So mm-hmm. like I was in the marching band. Yes, I was a loser. Let's move on. Um, and so we had to wear like this uniform. So the women had to wear these dresses. Like everybody had the same dress. And then like the men, like the boys, usually got to wear the tuxes. But mm-hmm. I was like, I have to play the tuba. And I was like, I can't play tuba in a dress, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right? I, think I think I'm gonna have to wear a tux. Right? And then, like, they let me do it. So I, I wore the tux. Oh, I'm so proud of baby gay Nikita. And it's so funny. I didn't, I like, I didn't think about that. I was just like, I was like, it's a tux, obviously. Because yeah. I think there was like, there was like one other like, um, and it's so funny because I feel like I could be misremembering. I hope nobody from high school is listening because you know they're gonna bring up the receipts and be like, "Well, actually, Diedrich will let us know." Anyway, anyway, <laughs> no, Diedrich knows better. He keep his fucking mouth shut. Um, I was like, I started that trend because there wasn't a lot of female tuba players. Like we didn't have to wear the dresses, but mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is what I was like. This is what I'm gonna do." Mm-hmm. And so like we had another, and like me and another like uh, female tuba player, like we just wore the tuxes. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think we could have easily worn the dresses if I hadn't. Like, worn the dress. Yeah. If I hadn't worn the tux. Yeah. So I did that. Um, so cool. You had a fucking out Nikita. You know, I feel, I have a picture. No, I, that's a marching band picture. That's, yeah. not, that's not a cute picture. I look like a total It dude. is. It is so cute. I look like a total Can dude. we post it? We can't. <laughs> we cannot. Um, <laughs> the tuba um, is just as big as Nikita, y'all. <laughs> anyway. Um... It's so interesting. I guess to go like a little bit more serious. So, like it was like my sophomore. Is I can't remember if it was like my sophomore, or like junior year of high school. I feel like probably around middle school, like towards the end. I think I think that's when I knew. Um, I've always had really close, even to this day. That's been I mean that's been a constant. I've always had really close, intimate friendships with women, and I don't mean physical, mm-hmm. but I mean just very close, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like very good deep relationships with women. Um, but I think, like, it was, like, it kind of in, like, the recesses of my mind that I might be attracted to women, and then, or, like, to girls, and I was like, oh, whatever, it's like, you know, what do they say, like, the kind of, like, the cheap way we talk about, like, famous women, it's like, you know, women want to be them, men want to be with them, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, am I? I was like, maybe it's both, it's like what you, it's like <laughs> yeah. what you were saying, I yeah. was like, um, so, but I think it was around, like, sophomore year or junior year, I can't remember, that's when I... Like, had this, like, whirlwind, torrid affair. I mean, it wasn't an affair. I mean, I was, like, 15. But it was a, it was a whirlwind of a relationship with uh, with a woman or with a, with a girl. And I was, like, I mean, it was, I mean, at the beginning, I was, like, oof. I was, like, this is, I was, like, okay, this is right. Like, I know that this is, this mm-hmm. is what my desire is. And the reality is, you know, people talk about, you know, a gay agenda, but it seems like there was like some kind of homosexual fever that just, that was just <laughs> swept, swept, swept through. It was, it was, kind and it was of, Texas. 
Texas. It was like a bug. <laughs> it was it, it, like it was like a joke, like in our high school, where it was like, who was? It's like so and so. It's like you know you've been here about three years, two years. It's like <laughs> who's gonna be gay? You go. You gonna get. You gonna get bit by that gay bug. And well, my turn had finally come. <laughs> and so. It's so weird. I don't think I... I never talk about this much because I think I forget. So, like, in high school, I was like... I, I think I identified as bisexual. Or I was like, I don't know what I am. I was like, you know, I just... Mm. I was like, I know I like girls. I think I... You know, I know I like mm. boys. Um. So that... And then with, the, like, the relationship... I'm still cool with that person, actually. But it was just... A, it was just unhealthy. It was just a disaster. Mm. And so, in my brain, I was like, oh, well, this is what... If this is what lesbian relationships are going to be like, then I don't want any part of this. Mm. So... And and undergrad, I feel like that's I like real. went back into. The, I was like, oh, that's not that's not for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I was. I, I did the same thing. I didn't, but I didn't date anybody. Mm-hmm. And I went on like a few dates with some really just totally uninteresting cardboard men. I was Dudes, just like, I, was I just did like, the oh, same just, thing. Um, I call them my dark dick days. <laughs> dark. D cubed. I told you I like alliteration. Oh my god! But yeah, I've I. Like, I can't remember a time where I wasn't, like, physically attracted to women. And so I was, or girls, because I was a girl at right, the time. Right, right, right. But, like, I distinctly remember in second grade, we had a reading nook. And I, like, went in the reading nook, and I was kissing my friend. I remember every time my friend came over, we would, like, jump on the bed, and we would kiss. Like, and this is, like, second grade. This is very, like, young, right. young me. Um, and continuing that trend, like, I kissed... Probably every girl, every girl <laughs> in my grade. Like, yeah, we gotta just practice, you know. Like, I was uh, that I didn't think that that was a real thing. What kissing? Girls practice, quote unquote, practicing kissing. It's not obviously. I'm a okay. whole ass lesbian, but like, I mean, but there's like a cultural thing around it. Practicing? Like, it's a, it's a thing. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it got me through. So <laughs> I appreciate those practice. I sessions. miss I miss those practice sessions. I really I wish that. I, have that. I wish we would revive them in our late twenties because you know, Dude. I, I haven't kissed anybody in like a year, over a year. I don't really. I think I'm, I'm out of practice. Oh, so no. <laughs> what are you about to say? If anybody wants to start that practice, <laughs> I think you have a lot of weird suggestions for this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot them all down. I hope you're all right with that. I just feel like reviving. It's just, that's that's a little weird for me. Anyway, so you went back into the closet and for undergrad. undergrad. So, and even my style in undergrad is so interesting. Um, so, I'm going to go back back and forth between, like, styles and, like, understanding, like, like queerness. Yeah. So. Did we flip? Did we do the opposite of each other? I, I looked, like, very, very tomboyish and, like. When undergrad, like, yeah, I think I think I started out trying to be. It is so weird. I tried to be like very femme, and it just I looked awkward. <laughs> you did. I looked ridiculous. I saw pictures. It just it did not look. But I'm such I'm such a trope though, because it's like I tried to do the really femme thing, and then I found this feminist organization like two three years in, and I just started looking real earthy. <laughs> I, I let my fro grow out. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's this one picture I'm thinking of. I have my fist up. I have on this green shirt. You know, still plagued, you know, by cargo shorts. But mm. <laughs> I just got like, I, I start. I think I started to like, so 
Like it wasn't. I think I moved away from like trying to look. Oh, and this huge thing happened. Whereas like, I got these kinky twists in my hair. Mm-hmm. Like some one of the years in undergrad, I left them in too long, and they just and it was just it was a disaster. So I was like, I gotta cut <laughs> all this shit off. So that's so that's why I wish I could have said, you know, it came from this really empowering blah blah blah. But you know, I've been a black bitch, never took how, care of my hair. How long is too long to leave kinky twists in? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I've tried to forget those details. <laughs> But the point is, a bitch's head was fucked up. So wow. I went to this beautician, this black woman. She cut the, uh, you know, the perm parts out. I was like, bitch, I, I just gotta. I was like, just take this shit out. Her name was Opal. She was so funny. Opal. For me. Opal. Oh, oh, I thought you said Oprah. <laughs> no, so she had to cut all that shit out. And that's what. And so like, do, cutting off all my hair. That was like, you know, I think in retrospect, I was like, oh my god, loss of femininity. But I think in reality, it's like, oh. Bitch, people gonna yeah. your spot is gonna be blown. blown. Yeah. And so to make a long story short, it's like I was leaving undergrad, and mm-hmm. then you know, I didn't realize it at the time. I, I think I did, but I think I was like repressing it. But there was this friend who I was hanging out with a lot, hanging out with a lot. Oh, she was just so fine. She still is fine. I hope she don't listen. I don't care if she listens. Anyway, she was just so <laughs> fine, and like, we were just hanging out every night, blah blah blah. And I was like, and I was just like. Um, I was just like sloppy drunk one night, and Diedrich was so mad because he came and got me, and he was and like I was just like oof, it was just a bad, just a, I, I was a mess. And Diedrich was like, "What are you?" He's like, "Why are you doing all this over this girl?" And he was like, "What's happening?" And then I was like, and I just I just like looked at him and I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna talk about this. Um, oh, so it's the exact same as you are now, right? A bitch has always been repressed. <laughs> I'm not denying that. And so that was like the I, it was like. Towards the end, I think it was like the end, either the end of summer, right before I was about to come here to Syracuse, or like the end of that semester. He was, and I remember because DJ, he was, oh god, he's just such like a black auntie. He was like, mm. he's like, you know, you are gonna move to Syracuse. He's like, you gonna try to sweep this under the rug. He's like, you gotta deal with this stuff. <laughs> and so, um, well, I followed his advice and I dealt with it. And I just, you know, was living as a whole ass lesbian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where is that? Seven years ago. Oh wow, yeah. When did I? I graduated undergrad, two thousand eleven. So it's been seven years for me too. <coughs> yeah. I think the thing that I guess in terms of like to get to the questions, like the, the I think the glow up has just been. I wish I wish there was something exciting, or something different I could like, say. But yeah. the, the reality, the glow up is just like. The acceptance and yeah. I, something that has happened to me is like I don't some like something about me about to turn thirty. I just feel like I'm a whole different ass yeah. bitch, right? I just feel like I'm very clear in a lot of ways. Maybe not in all the ways I would want to be, but I'm just like mm-hmm. this is who I am, and I feel okay with. Not only do I feel yeah. okay with it, but I actually at this point I can't be anybody else. But that is what the glow up is, right? Yeah, it's like I think people recognize the outer glow because of the like inner glow. Yeah. Like that, that moment, it, I think Gabrielle Sidibe has this quote of like, um, like I decided that I was going to live my life like a beautiful girl. And so I am a beautiful girl. Yeah. And it's like, that's what people yeah. see. It's like, damn, this bitch walking in the room. Like she's somebody. Like she can be here. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think that's what it was. It was like that, it was just like a turning point where I was like, you know, I was I was thinking I don't I never identified as anything my like whole life until mm. I said I was a lesbian. Right. Wow. Like, I didn't know that. It's like people would ask me like, do you like him or do you like her? And I would give that like, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you know, I would just I I never talked about like like my 
identity. Wow, this conversation is really coming full circle because I was talking about this and I was talking about this on like two parallel tracks as an identity and like kind of like the clothing so, stuff. Yeah, style. And it's like it's just so it's so amazing. It's so fortuitous that I'm like sitting with here with you talking about this. Um because the two things that I like um I think you have like sh- helped you have like been a a big force and changing two things that I've been thinking about lately. So the other day when I went... So before we went to that Janet Jackson concert, because I know you're thinking about that outfit. I felt like I was on what not to wear, and I had rules, and I had money in my hand. Oh, my hand. gosh. Because I was like... Like, I feel like I do, like... As much as, a, like, a cantankerous little curmudgeon that I can be, like... When I want to be, I feel like I can be a very, like, exuberant, vibrant yeah. person. So I was like, I want to, like, dress in that way. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to try, like, new things. So mm-hmm. I, I think I really would like to thank you for, like, encouraging me to try to take, like, sartorial or aesthetic risks. And I'm glad you said that because that's all I be trying to say about clothing is I just looking at what you wear, I don't get all the personality that you have. And so when I be like, Nikita, like, pop, pop a color, right. pop a print. That's, right. Yeah. And, so, and it's like, I think it's also, um, it's like, it takes creativity. Like, the thing I love about your style is that I feel like you have a whole bunch of pieces that if I saw them on a rack, I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> who would wear that? No, this is what you actually said to me. Oh. What, what, didn't we go shopping together? Probably. And no, no, no. It was uh, other members of our friend group right. who say the same thing when they see my pieces. But then when I wear them, you put it like you put together a look. Yeah. So I like I like I feel like I'm learning how to do that. Um, and in terms of identity, I feel like like the language of queer has for a long time that felt. I, mean, I think I still use that interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't ever think... I, like, I didn't pretend to like or be attracted to men. I, yeah. Like, I have been um, attracted to um, men. But, oh, Lord, increasingly less so now. I just... <laughs> ooh, thoughts and prayers to people who are still fucking with men. I mean, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, not just... Especially exclusively. It's just... Uh, there's so many... And it I, has to be hard. And I don't... Like, just as a side note, like, I don't even say, like, men are trash. Men... Like, and I get that we work in a broader society where, like, masculinity and, like, you know, their behaviors are shaped by that broader society. But men just make a lot of choices to be trash. And that's what I don't. Like, I don't. Like, when you say men are trash, it makes it seem like they're just, like, inherently so. They're always going to be this and they can never be anything but. But I'm like, no, they're they're making choices to do really fucked up things. Um, And I say all that to say that, like, and I still, like, I was on, ooh, I was on some Instagram page today and I just saw some man he was just oh lord he was so fine um but what I'm getting at is like I feel like I've I've heard myself even just like in jest or in conversation use a term that I probably have like I feel like I like I started calling myself lesbian more mm-hmm. and I feel like like I don't and again it's not like those other periods of my life where I've like called and then again I still use queer interchangeably but all those all those other periods where I was calling myself something else it wasn't like because I didn't like those were accurate those were accurate until they were right right yeah so mm-hmm. that's kind of I like, feel that and I like that conversation with you like this mm-hmm. is why I say like to bring these threads together <laughs> threads had <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> but like on the like on the like the fashion front and I'm like like it was like specifically like that Talking to you and like talking to Barbara Smith has made me like rethink 
mm. um, that term and that identity, um, like mm. lesbian. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's um, like I like queer as a community term, but I like I like lesbian as like a my experience and like it tells you what I'm here for. Term. And it's I mean that, but I also think that there are things that I feel like. All the all the reasons why I liked queer lesbian still does because what mm. I what I liked about queers are like I feel like it all what what I used to say was it represented my it talked it it captured my my attraction my identity and specifically for me my gender presentation but I'm mm-hmm. like I think lesbian can actually yeah. like, encapsulate that yeah you know this is like funny as I like sit and think about it and it's actually one of our other friends who like pointed this out to me is like I. I, I thought up until I moved to Syracuse that, like, I had never had any representation of, like, black queer women in my life. And that I was just figuring it out on my own. You know, Ernest was the one who actually said to me, like, that's not true. You just have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, and this, I remember, it was, it was so clear. So I graduated from fifth grade. And my mom threw this big party for all the fifth graders who graduated. And I grew up with this girl named Mouse who lived on my block in Queens. And she came in like a white Vita and or like a T, sorry. That's like the, that's the, right, right, you shouldn't right. call it that. But like, you know, the, the under tees, the right. muscle tank tees, um, like a sports bra or something, like some basketball shorts and some Jordans. Mm-hmm. And it was like... That's like a lesbian uniform. It's like a right lesbian there. uniform. It's like this big whole thing because like Mouse is wearing right. this. And like Mouse is also a gendered nickname. I don't know if yeah. like people know. Yeah. Like most of the time girls aren't nicknamed Mouse. Most right. of the time Mouse is a boy. And so it was like all of this hoopla around like, oh my gosh. Right. And I remember that, but I don't think I ever consciously thought of like, oh, because all the adults are talking about like, oh, Mouse likes girls. Mm-hmm. And like having those like feelings or like, hmm, I think I like girls too. That then I awkwardly like tried to dress more masculine because I thought like, the, I thought I was wearing the uniform of a lesbian. Right. And I'm like, if I just keep dressing, then everybody will notice. <laughs> Nobody ever did. Because I look really weird. <laughs> Trying to dress masculine. It was very clunky. It was very bizarre. Because I still had like blonde bangs and like the crinkly. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. I used to idolize Remy Ma. It's a long story. Anyway, it just looked bad. And I think when I got to this point of being like lesbian is whatever I say it is. Yeah. Like that's when actually my my style started improving also. Wow. Same. Yeah, I wasn't trying to fit, you know, play out these characters. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. Oh Lord. So yes, our glow ups. We should we should post like some throwback uh, photos. Oh my, I'm gonna be so embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know if I have any. I'll probably have to hit up my sister to get I've my got, like high school uh, yearbook or something. Oh shit! But fucking four and five year old Nikita sweater game was on <laughs> point though. <laughs> It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> oh, um, I have been I have been serving looks ever since I was a kid. Cause Sharon used to put together these pieces. It's like power clashing before power Ooh, clashing was a thing. Shit. So she, my mom was really into plaid. I don't know why. So from like zero to eight, my whole closet was basically different iterations of plaid. And so I I, I have this uh picture of me and Shara we have on the same outfit because naturally of course <laughs> it's this like dungaree plaid 
um, dress with like this white plaid shirt under it. Two different plaids serving. A power clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Thanks again for the topic, it's Miss Pickle. Boo-doo-da-da, gloat up. All right, so we're going to move on into Curved Chronicles. Yeah, you got a Curved Chronicle? I think you have some, friend. Do I? Yeah. So give us an update. You still getting curved? Oh, um. Any DMs? You know what somebody pointed out is that your IG is private. Yeah. So? I mean, I still like, so there's like another, when you send DMs, they go to like another message thing. And I check them and there's nothing there. (laughs) Nikita, having a private Instagram means I don't want you here. It means I don't want people who I don't know Exactly. Here. And how many of the listeners do you know? You have to make an effort. This, black, oppressed people have gone through far harder. <laughs> through more, more, obst- more grave obstacles than a private IG. I'm just That's saying. what's going to keep you from me? I'm just saying. It is an institutional barrier. It ain't no fucking institutional <laughs> barrier. I know. Words mean things. I shouldn't say that. I got, actually, there, I have gotten... Um, I've received some sweet messages. I mean, they're basically like queer walk um, listener like messages basically coming to me as an individual. Just talking about mm-hmm. like how great the podcast is and how helpful it's been. That's great. I appreciate that. Yeah. If it helps at all, like, I think I get severely misinterpreted via DMs. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's not, it's not roses and peaches. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it's always just so hard juggling all the... She always talks like this. I promise you, I don't have, like, tons of DMs. I don't like that. Well, you saw mine. try to represent it Outside of my last three... Outside of the last three DMs from you, the last DM I received was from like 2000. Do you initiate DMs? No, of course not. Why not? I don't know. I initiate DMs. Oh. I'm not very good at that. If I want to talk to somebody about something just to them, I'll DM them. Oh, maybe you've pointed out something. Yeah, I don't really do that. So you have a private profile. And you don't initiate DMs, but you expect floods of DMs. I'm just saying. Not a flood, just a a light trickle. And then you shout out your bae's mama. (laughs) She she gave us a donation. She deserved the shout out, yeah. And it's great that bae's mama's supporting. Yeah, it is. That, That made me very happy. Well, that's all your curves? Um... Oh, fuck. You know what? I think people have been writing me. I don't even think I've responded. Exactly. Damn. You haven't responded to any of them. I know. I have. I responded to one. <laughs> the, granted, they had something in their thing about socialism. So, of course. I so, the next time Nikita say she don't get DMs, Actually, we're no, just going to ignore just, her. Let's just go ahead and edit this out because it's going to make me look bad. No. I'm <laughs> leaving it in. Unless you want to edit, friend. Exactly. Don't you use your editing powers over me. <laughs> I don't have any curved chronicles. I have been um, leaving my heart in the freezer That's when a I good go place places. for it to be. I'm just trying to be on my own, Mario. Icebox? Ice box. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
That's ridiculous. You don't believe that for a second. I do. Because what happens with me is I fall in love. You're an all. You're an yeah. all or nothing kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But truly, like I get passionately and intensely excited about someone, and that hurts. It's tiring. It's like exhausting. Yeah, to, yeah. To be like, you know, I actually really think I care about this person. And then it'd be like, oh. like Nikita was trying to make me feel better about this saying like, oh, I just think that you tell people how you feel more. You do, that doesn't true. make me feel better. Like, I don't know. I was talking to uh, T. Gray today about like, like, what does it mean to be like black, queer and like single, but like looking because it's different when you like, hey, right, you know, right, I'm right. just out here. Right. Um, yeah, but to, I don't know, I don't know, it's like how, how much, uh, how many curves can you take? (laughs) Actually, can I, can I take this in another direction? Please. I would really like to talk about like, did you get curved or do you just not know how to have a conversation? Say more. Um, because, like, so this is what I mean when I say, like, I think I'm misinterpreted over DM. Uh, there's just so much, y'all. I could talk about Curve Chronicles for two hours, but it's late, so I won't. But um, I think a lot of times people, it hit me up actually because of, like, on this podcast, it feels like the therapist part of me is, like, primary. And so they expect me to, like, process their shit with yeah. them. Um, and I'm not going to do that. Right. <laughs> like, I, and, and so that, then it's like, oh, damn, she a bitch. Or, right. like, she curved me. Right. It's like, no, actually, um, I value my time and right. my emotional energy. And it's taken me a long time to get to that place. Like, I used to just do that. And, you, and I, I, for me, like, for me personally, like, I, it's, it's hard for me to do that when I don't have a rapport with somebody. Yes! Because I, I feel like yes. that's, that's actually, like, a, outside of, like, the training and the skills, like, that's actually, like, a very distinct... That's it's what the makes relationship. The, right. That's what makes something distinct between, like, like a friendship and, like, the therapist. Yeah. is like, that... You don't have that. You build yeah. that rapport. But right. it's, like, they also have the knowledge and the skills and the tools right. to, like, help you deal yeah. with that. And I didn't sign up to do that right. in my DMs. Right. I didn't. Exactly. And I don't, like, know you, you know? Right. Exactly. And so, then, so there's that piece. Um... And and then and then I think that the other piece is like whenever I ask anything about somebody's life, they think I'm trying to be a therapist. Right, right, right. I'm like, bitch, no, I just know how to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and and what I've been doing like lately is when people be like, Oh, um, like you think you're my therapist now, or like, oh, you think you know something because you were therapist. Mm-hmm. I just cut them off immediately. Yeah, like I stopped responding. I'm like, yeah. I know where this is gonna go because I've seen how this plays out. And I'm out just not gonna do it, right? It's, I'm like, if you can't, if you can't appreciate that, like, I'm a Virgo. I'm a I'm a person who fucking likes to talk, like all these right. things, or that I'm just interested in your goddamn life and I'm yeah. asking you a question. Yeah, like if you can't appreciate like that and only see it as like me trying to assess or analyze you, right. then I'm like, we have nothing else to talk right, about. Right, right, right. Um, and because I think I'm really good at that, and sometimes neurotically so. Like, I had the DM intervention. Y'all told me I do a lot. Um, I haven't mentioned time zones in a while. Oh, my I will God. Say. We are so ecstatic <laughs> about that. 
Um, I think I think I know how to flirt. Um, I've, or, or I've seen you. I've, like, I I know you know how to do that. I yeah. there's not a doubt in my mind about that. I don't think people know how to flirt with me. Maybe it's the folks that I attract or whatever, because. I think something happened recently where someone thought I curved them and I didn't. It was just like, first of all, I didn't know you were interested in me. We're talking about like very monotone, like, you know, everyday stuff like time zones. So it's like, I didn't know you were interested. Not an everyday Um, topic, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I just, like, didn't know they were interested. I think I, I can make it very clear now because of my little, you know, help. I mean, I don't know. You're also just like a very, at the end of the day, you're also a very clear and direct person. I am. So I'll be like, so I like you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just want to know if like all these emojis under my pictures are just you gassing a bitch up or if you like me too. Right. Right. I will really send that message, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Send. (laughs) Yeah. Recently, somebody sent me a message that I thought was kind of flirty, but then they, like, really rolled it back. And so I didn't respond. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, um, they were like, you should come see me. Because they they were, like, close by. Well, not, they weren't close by. They were in the city. But that's way closer than where they usually are. Uh Uh-huh. Um. And so they sent me a message, like, you come see me. Like, you should come see me. Come and see then, me. That, that's, that's flirty, that's, right? That's different than, like, oh, like, I'm, you sh- we should I'm come out here. Yeah. You should come, yeah. You should come visit. Yeah. But, like. But then I was, like, oh. And they, like, rolled it all yeah. back. Like, oh, well, I mean, like, this event and da-da-da and logistically and blah-blah-blah. And I was, like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so I didn't, you know. Right. Really follow you, that up. Yeah, you. I wouldn't follow that up I wouldn't respond yeah hmm. this has been an enlightening curved chronicle I think I think there's some helpful distinctions here yeah I think I think there's um like you have to know when somebody is like taking an interest and in wanting to know about your life versus like trying to I don't know criticize or analyze yeah, you. Yeah, 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 And you have to, like, know a distinction between, like, being able to keep a conversation going and being curved. <laughs> like, what are you saying? What are you... I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like for the people who are like, oh, you trying to analyze me? That's probably... That sounds like it's actually a projection. Mm-hmm. Like, you're... You feel whatever about something. You're trying to, like... So that's why you're making, like, a, a production yeah. of it, right? Because it's funny, because I was like, if I would have told you I was a graduate assistant, which is accurate as well, right. like, would you still think I was trying to analyze you by right, 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 about right. your life? <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, I guess we just curve the listeners by this dramatic ending, or abrupt <laughs> ending. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know how to wrap that up. I feel like I had a lot of thoughts for Curved Chronicles. I thought, I thought that was helpful. That was good. None, none of them were, like, specific. No, these are... Nothing has really happened. Yeah. Like I said, I've been leaving my heart at home when I go places, so. Oh, my God. That's absurd. My heart and my pum pum. <laughs> Girl, that don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna take the, take your naughty bits with you. No. Mm-mm. 
Because they're connected for me. They're pretty much of like course, the same thing. Course. So I just leave them both at home. All right. Like, you, you stay here, girl. They're actually sitting on the counter. I went, <laughs> I went in and I was like, is that a... <laughs> so they are indeed staying here at the house. <laughs> you know, don't need them to getting into anything. But you know, your kitty's on the... <laughs> And I'm I'm not talking about Riwi girl. She's sitting right up here by the stove. It's finna get burned. I would like to hear from listeners what they think about this conversation on Curved Chronicles. Can you tell what someone's flirting? Um, maybe that's the question. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you flirt in the DMs? Or is it not happening there? I mean. First, the first question, where are lesbians of color? They're not on apps. They're not in coffee shops. They're not in libraries. They're not in classes. They're well, not, not here in, the in mall. Syracuse. They're not. They're not at the park. They are not, <laughs> not in the grocery store. They're actually, they be at the grocery store, but with a bay. Yeah. We don't need you. Stay your happy ass home. They got to get groceries. No, they don't. You going to get their meal delivery services? Yes, yes. God damn. Stay home. Ain't that what Blue Apron is for? For happy bitches who cook with they bae? Okay. And the words of black mamas everywhere. You Only got, single. You got Blue Apron money? <laughs> Only if you're single and looking should you be in the grocery store damn. pushing a cart. Uh-uh. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm going to be, I, my ass going to be up in the grocery store. Or maybe, maybe there should be a grocery store that's just for single people. Uh, well, you go ahead and make that up. You know, because it's like. Everything at the regular grocery store be all big size and then it be going bad. Fit. Okay. So, you know, for single people, stuff comes smaller sizes. Then you look around the grocery store and be like, mm. Oh, I see. You're trying to see if that fruit is uh, ripe. <laughs> thump, thump. Because you're only supposed to thump it to see if it's Melons. Fruit. You only thump melons. All right. And it's supposed see, to give you. See, a, you, see you're gonna be. A, that's that's why you're not gonna be flirting because you. Um, actually, I see that you're thumping. <laughs> you don't thump a tomato. Okay. okay you see, they go. Like, All right, bitch, get it. Get the fuck out the produce section and leave me alone. You know, statistically, ten percent of grapes. You see that, and they're gonna be like, "Ooh, you know, I thought she was so cute. She had this fly outfit. She had some interesting, cool political pins on her back or her backpack." And then this bitch gonna tell me I'm thumping shit wrong. <laughs> well, you were. If you just do it the way I tell you to do it, it would all be right. Okay. Signed a Virgo. I about to say signed a fucking authoritarian. <laughs> all right, y'all. So we're going to get off here. We're going to get off. Be sure to join us um, in the conversation using Queer Walk. Hashtag Queer WOC. Don't forget, uh, forget um, to be a community contributor. Yes. Donate. Become a patron. Donate to our PayPal. Or continue and or continue writing ratings and reviews. You can uh, DM Nikita at Afro Blazing Guns. Just double G's. And you can also continue since y'all bitches love Not to do it continue. Anyway. Melanated money. At Melanated Money. M E L A N A T E D. Oh, see, get your get your hot ass Cha-ching. off the mic. <laughs> All right. We you like how here. I did that, right? Uh, no, we're wrapping up. Okay. It's going to be cut. Bye, y'all. Bye.